Welcome to Missing Artwork, a show that lets artists behind your favorite album art tell their story and experience in making the iconic image of the music you love. I'm your host, Michael Paul Escanuelas, and today we're talking to Mark O'Brien, the designer behind the artwork for Valuables, the latest and final album by the Wicklow, Ireland band Enemies. A lasting impression is important. But when the four members that compose the post-rock outfit Enemies first set out to make their third full-length record titled Valuables, the band did not realize that this album would be the members' final statement. Upon arriving back from a U.S. tour, the members disbanded with the LP left unfinished, only to regroup later to complete the album they set out to make. This presented a challenging task for O'Brien, who was pulling double duty as a musician and designer for the band. His creation for the artwork of Valuables is a clear representation of the chaos that surrounded the making of this album. Random strokes of paint in various colors such as pink, blue, and yellow consume the cover. The colors reveal a detail of texture, exposing every vulnerable stroke from the brush. The image is consumed with chaos, but within the vision lies a small white box revealing the band name and album title. My name is Mark O'Brien, and... I am a musician and graphic designer from uh, Dublin in Ireland. I've been playing within the band Enemies for the last nearly 10 years now, since 2007. And all throughout our our existence as a band, I've been creating our visual material. So single covers, album covers, t-shirts, uh, a little bit of input into video work. Really playing music and graphic design, they were always kind of synonymous with each other because there was always gig posters to be designed, um, you know, crappy little CDRs and stuff to be, like, packaged and distributed. Yeah, I I think for the last, you know, ever since I was about 14 or so, um, I've just been kind of juggling the two in a nice synergy. I I met the guys from Enemies when I was playing in punk bands and involved in a cool DIY scene um, when I was a teenager. I mean, we're all kind of self-taught. To, certain, to some extent, I, I eventually went on to university to study graphic design, but in the early days, it was all very much just like teaching ourselves to design. You know, Owen from Enemies is a, is a self-taught kind of recording engineer. Lewis is kind of a, you know, Lewis dropped out of school before he even did his, you know, when he was in his final year of high school and went on then to be a music publicist, which is kind of all self-taught as well. So we've got all these weird little skills within the band that are just kind of uh the result of necessity, maybe. (laughs) With O'Brien's role in the band as both a designer and musician, the story of Valuable's artwork begins with the music itself. We've been playing with Enemies for for the guts of 10 years now, and Valuable's has taken about two years to piece together. And it was going to be, I guess the idea behind the album was that it would be the album to kind of make or break the band. I mean, the visual aspect of it was all, you know, was very much put on the back burner until the record was completed because I think it's it would be doing the record a disservice to to try and think of that in tandem with the recording process. You know, you don't really know what the final outcome is going to sound like and what the kind of thematic link between the tracks is going to be and what the kind of overall narrative of it is going to be. So I think it's better to kind of focus on the music part first and then when you have a picture in front of you a sonic picture in front of you, then it, then you have the headspace to think, okay, well, how, how is this best represented visually? I think when we got over the halfway point in terms of writing material, we started to kind of realize that we actually had something 
that was pretty special here. We were all working our own respective jobs um, outside of the band, and we kind of came together and said, let's just focus on this. Once we get, once we're nearly finished this record, let's essentially quit our jobs and really go for it on this album. We've been tapping away at this for nine years now. Let's really give this the, the time and attention and the craft that it deserves. I guess there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. <laughs> <laughs> when you you know w when you quit your job and uh and you know decide to kind of go out on this life as a full-time musician that doesn't really have any mo money coming in in the in the near future then the band went on a big long US tour about halfway through the recording and proceeded to completely fall apart <laughs> and, and uh, you know i mean like not that it, not that the touring uh, tore the band apart but just that that there was a lot of kind of cracks maybe that were that were being pasted over for a long time that became very apparent while on tour so when we came back then and, and the band had pretty much fallen apart it completely changed the context of this album there was a couple of weeks where this album was just there was no question about it like this wasn't being finished we were enemies was done and it was time for us to just get over it and move on and do other things with our lives you know, so that was great. I didn't have to worry about the artwork or finishing the album or, or anything like that. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. It was actually a very, a very tough time, you know, um, for all of us. When we eventually kind of had some time to think on it and to, to come back to it, then we kind of realized that this album, if you'll excuse the pun, but it was very valuable to us and we wanted to finish it and we felt like we'd be doing the band a disservice to simply uh, just, you know, not release it and to just let it fade away into some hard drive somewhere never to be seen again. We came back and we finished the record and we managed to kind of get our friendships back on track and create something that was really, really nourishing and all the studio time after that point was just lovely like we couldn't we couldn't have imagined it when we came off that tour that we would ever get back in a studio and make something so lovely much like the recording process of valuables the concept of the artwork went through many changes and shifts in direction initially i said me doing the artwork on this is a really bad idea I'm too I'm too close to it. I've had too much of an emotional ups and downs throughout the throughout the writing and recording of this. Let's get someone with an outside perspective to come in and and do this. You know, sure enough then deadlines start to kind of rear their ugly head and you're kind of you're kind of looking out, you know, you're looking to other people and talking to a couple of friends who you think might be suitable. Subconsciously there was always a part of me that knew it was going to be me creating it for the fact that we've been making you know, we've been making music together for 10 years and I've always created all of our visual aspects of the band. So it wouldn't really be right to, to have our final gift to the world packaged by someone else. I got drawn towards minimalism and I started to look at things like the White Album by the Beatles, which was just such a wonderful game changer of an album cover because it was basically nothing. And I feel like they're a band, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's appropriate for a band like the Beatles as well because there's so much... It's four very different musicians with such opposing kind of personalities. And, and, you know, it's no secret that these guys fucking killed each other in the studio. So I was thinking, OK, you know, maybe it is best to just kind of have like a clean slate, something that is just like almost purifying in its sense of being just minimal, understated. And then, you know, it might have some sort of emotional resonance with the fact that this is the last album of the band. There's not really anything more to say. Everything that needs to be said has been said. So let's just go rather than having an image or an icon. I just want to go purely minimal on this. So I, I put together a mood board of like of white pieces of paper. <laughs> 
<laughs> I brought that to the band and uh, they kind of they kind of looked over this Pinterest board of just like in, incredibly minimal stuff that I had put together and they kind of they kind of said well there's nothing here like this what are we supposed to say about this it was good that that happened because then the guys kind of went away and they said okay we we think that we kind of get where your head is at here but also enemies has always had such a colorful um you know vibrant kind of upbeat illustrative visual history that this just doesn't feel like enemies it feels almost um it feels just a little bit too somber or too sad to to represent the tone of this album and to represent the the legacy of the band so lewis who's you know he's got a great eye for just like cool graphic design he went off and he kind of put together uh, a mood board which was much more colorful and psychedelic and vibrant than than the white sheets of paper that i had put in front of the band the, the visuals that he was putting together, you know, a lot of really zany, weird, psychedelic stuff and MC Escher-esque paintings and a lot of like kind of Tame Impala references and stuff like that. The stuff that he was putting together was actually a lot more in tune with a lot of the kind of sounds on the album. Those references, I think, put me in a direction that was on a good path. Just to give something to compare it to, the last album had a, a motif on the cover that was inspired by a compass and it was all themed around adventure and the title of the album was called Embark and Brace, so it was all about kind of venturing off into the world and touring and really kind of going for it. This album is kind of the result of that not working. There was no real concept other than that, it was just to kind of to create something beautiful without really saying a lot. It wasn't easy for O'Brien to capture the many moving parts of the creation of Valuables. For the album art to represent the band's hard work, O'Brien reached out to his peer. My friend Louise, who she's in a band called Come On Live Long, and she actually sings on one of the tracks on the record. She's just kind of a, a really multifaceted uh, designer slash artist who can basically accomplish anything that she puts her head to. So I kind of showed her some references and I said, how do you how do you kind of make this sort of stuff? She said to me, well, what would be really interesting is for you to create just, you know, just go nuts and create these weird abstract paintings, pick a couple of colors that you that you like and just kind of fuck around with them then she was like i know this scanning facility in dublin that uh you can basically go into and they, it's like a 2000 dpi art scanner that will blow up any piece of work you do to like billboard size and you can you can hone in on like a square inch section of a painting that you do and it will blow it up to this amazingly vibrant um thing that you know you'll start to see textures and colors in it that you didn't even know were there she just said the best advice i can give you is to work small so I just I, I, I dug out like a, a crate of old acrylic paints that I hadn't touched since I was about uh, 17 or 18 years old and just immediately started just making a mess. And it was such a wonderful experience to just sit down with paints and paintbrushes. And I, I think I was using toothpaste and glitter and kitchen oil and weird stuff in the mix and just making weird shit. And then the result was this really vibrant, colorful mess, which is which is valuables. With a color palette so strong, O'Brien used his past experience with the band and his knowledge of theory to grab his audience. You know, I mixed up a couple of colours with the acrylic paints that I, you know, the kind of colours maybe that have been used in our materials throughout the past. I don't know, some deep blues and pinks, keeping in mind what you can, what you can and cannot achieve with like CMYK. Pink or magenta is a colour that I've always been drawn to because it comes out really strong in print. It's one of the core inks that gets used in standard printing. So I just mixed up some pinks and some nice, you know, deep blues and some like lime greens. I just really, it was just a case of like sitting down with it and bashing away at it and just kind of leaving a lot of it up to chance. 
So I came out of it with a couple of small paintings and then there was just, there was one in particular that seemed quite strong and I just brought it into the scanning facility. The image that makes up the album cover of Valuables is in reality, that section that we cropped into is about two inches by two inches, you know, in size. And when, but when you look at it on the record sleeve, it looks like it could be like a huge Mark Rothko painting or something. So it's, it's pretty fascinating. Although minimal, the type treatment on Valuables makes a larger statement. It just feels a little bit more, it feels like we've grown up a little bit more. And I think when you're younger and you're creating artwork for a band, you kind of try to throw everything in the kitchen sink in sometimes. And uh, I think there's a, there's a maturity to just the, the restraint shown on this record. Even the, you know, even the way that the band name is presented on the sleeve, it's, it's quite restrained, you know, it's simple straightforward typography uh, in a simple little white box you know bang in the center so it's like the it's like the tombstone of enemies and you know i feel like when you overly ornament you know you go to a graveyard and you see those overly ornamented tombstones with loads of like little angels and babies and weird stuff all over them they just look really tacky and unnecessary so <laughs> this is like the this is like the classy tombstone in the in the cemetery of enemies o'brien had no shame in expressing his love for typography so this is the part where everyone turns off the podcast now because we're just strictly, yeah, this is where we strictly talk about like the kerning of the letters. <laughs> it's been nice talking to you guys. No, um, with the typographic approach and the positioning of the lettering and stuff, it was just, it's such a big, bold, colorful, textured piece that it is kind of difficult to fit text in there because, you know, it's, it comes down to like, okay, you can you can completely ruin the effect of the image by putting like large, big, blocky text over it and just, you know, distracting from it. Or you can bury something small and apologetic within it and a lot of people might just miss it or, you know, it's just kind of hidden. So it was about finding a, a kind of a happy middle ground there. I, I, to be honest, couldn't even tell you where the idea came from, but uh, it just kind of worked. I, I, I think I'd done a couple of days of iterations of just either trying big blocky stuff or small poly, polygetic bits and pieces buried within the painting itself. And then it just kind of, you know, like midnight after a couple of hours of just pixel pushing, it just, the white box happened. The Eureka, the Eureka white box moment. So that nice little serif, I think I used a Miller text for any super nerds out there who want to know what the font is. Mmm, this is the juicy stuff. Yeah, I used Miller text. I think it was set at like 400 letter spacing. And for the sans serif, I think I used a font called a Grotesque MT for enemies. And then I just kind of matched them up to make sure that the letter height was... They're setting a deep blue because there's a deep blue in the background. They've got a nice little thin pink stroke between them because there's pink in the background. <laughs> yeah. It's really very, very conceptual stuff. Valuables was no easy task for the members of Enemies, but with the artwork, O'Brien was able to take all these elements to create a visual that makes a bold and simple final statement for the band. I feel a great sense of pride for everything, you know, the, the look of it, but most importantly, the fact, just the fact that it exists. It was a really, really difficult album for us to make and we each got put through the mill in terms of other life elements that kind of got in the way and, you know, tried to derail this at every possible turn. I feel really proud that we've actually came back together and repaired what was broken within the band in terms of friendships and musical differences and differences of vision for the record and, you know, met in this wonderful middle ground where we could just create this lovely final statement yeah it really does feel like an album that is that that is made for ourselves and that's a lovely thing 
to be able to listen to from start to finish and just see truth and, and honesty in it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's lovely. Missing Artwork is a collaboration of Chris Lantinen and myself, Michael Paul Escanuelos. We are part of the Modern Vinyl family of podcasts, which represents other great shows like Misaligned and Vinyl Crawl. Check out modern-vinyl.com to see the latest vinyl news, features, and to find out more information about our podcast family. Thank you to Mark Redito for our theme music. And of course, thank you to Mark O'Brien for talking with us. We are still in our podcast infancy, so please go and subscribe to our show on iTunes or whatever podcast service you favor, and leave a review telling us how much you love us and the show. Then go share us with your friends. We're always on the hunt for new listeners. Thank you for listening.